was not afraid to witness for Jesus, and God used him powerfully to share the truth. On one side, lots of people came to believe, which was great. But on the other, a lot of people got so upset they wanted to kill him. Let's begin to find out why. So, have you ever uh, found a new show on Netflix? And you've been like, wow, this show's amazing. I can't believe I never heard about this. It's like a little gem, you know, like that last McDonald's fry in the bag when it's just like, oh, extra fry. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, you're on Netflix, you find that show, and then it's like, you got like seven seasons of it, and you're like, oh my gosh, I will not sleep for the next three weeks um, because I'm gonna watch this. What do you do when that happens? What we normally do is we go, and the next time we're around somebody, we tell them about it because we think the thing is good and we want to share it with them, right? We want to tell them about, hey, I found this new show. It's really awesome. I've been watching it. It's the greatest and blah, blah, blah. Maybe you're, you know, linking to it on, on uh, Facebook or if you're, you know, really get out of hand, you get so into a show that you go to like the comic cons or the convention type thing, right? Um, I know none of you would do that because you know how much I would make fun of you, but maybe you get a, a t oh, I'm kidding, it's wonderful. Um, no one thinks it's weird, you're fine, I promise. You know, maybe you get a t-shirt for that show or something like that. When, when I was, uh, just a few months ago, I was at the Pac-12 championship game. You may have heard that the Huskies went to the Pac-12 championship. If you were Ducks fans, you were probably sitting at home. I don't know what you were doing, but the Huskies went to the Pac-12 championship and won, but you know, whatever, right? Um, anyway, well, I was there that, the, the night after, because we just went down for the day, so, you know, that day, saw the game, the night, stayed there and came back. But that night at the hotel, apparently there was some sort of convention for some sci-fi show. And there's this rough and tumble guy, and, he, and he's telling us, He's drunk, okay? I mean, he's like, hey. And he's telling us all about this sci-fi show. I've never heard of it. He's super into it. And he's sitting there telling me and my buddy all about it. We're like, oh, oh, all right, good, good. Uh, we're going to go now. Um, but he was very excited about it, right? Because he was into this thing. He had found this thing that he loved, and he was into it. And he was going to tell people about it because he was excited about it, right? That's what we do. We believe something, for instance, that a show is good. Um, or some entertainment, some place that we think is a great place to go. We love Disney World. We're going to tell everybody about Disney World, you know, whatever it is. And, and we go and we, and we share it. We tell people. But have you ever come to believe something? That when you shared it, when you tried to persuade others that it was true, you risked your life. That it was an idea that was so dangerous that people were willing to try to kill you for trying to tell other people about it. I am guessing, probably not. So let's study that today. Um, we're in Acts. As some of you know, we've been in Acts for a while. We're in chapter 14. If you'll recall, the last place that we were, we had Barnabas and Paul. They were in Antioch. This is Antioch near Pisidia, not Antioch in Syria, where they actually started from, right? And they were in this place, and they were... Uh, you know, preaching the gospel and whatever, and, and some, some of the prominent Jews, some of the prominent women and, and uh, men of the city kind of got riled up against Paul and Barnabas, and they basically evicted them. They said, get out. Get out of our city. 
We don't want to hear any more about this. Now, there are people who, many people who were there who had heard uh, the word of God, and they were basically envious that Paul and Barnabas were bringing this message of Jesus Christ and that the people were responding to it, uh, that, that it was a popular thing, that people were, were giving their life to it. And so they said, get out of here. And so they did, you know, they shook the dust off their feet and off they went. They went to a place called Iconium. That's where we left it at the end of chapter 13. Iconium is about 90 miles east-southeast of Antioch. So there's a map. Do we have our map up showing Paul and Barnabas' journey so far? You can see from Antioch and Syria, bop, 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 lots of arrows. And the most recent one is from Antioch near Pisidia to Iconium, okay? This is another, another city. If, in case you're wondering why I show the maps, because... The book of Acts is telling us really specific things. The Holy Spirit, in inspiring Luke to write the book of Acts, thought it was important that we think about the details. And I think one of the reasons he thought it was important is because we need to know that these things are real. Real places, real times, real people. This is not a legend. This is not a storybook. This is not Harry Potter. This is not that type of thing. This is real. That's why I put maps up. Real maps of real places, right? So let's start reading in chapter 14. We're going to start in verse 1 in chapter 14, and we're just going to kind of roll through the first seven verses here. It says, Now it happened in Iconium that they went together to the synagogue of the Jews. Okay, so we know, remember from what we've seen before, Paul and Barnabas are always going first to the synagogue. We've talked about why, right? They have a connection already with the Jews. Paul is a Jew, and not just a Jew, but a Jew of Jews. He knows, you know, this guy is a Pharisee. He knows the law. He knows the stuff. So when he speaks to the Jews, he can connect the message of Jesus Christ all through the Old Testament and show them how the Old Testament was talking about Jesus. So he goes there because he has that connection, right? He goes there first. And then, because we also have proselytes and God-fearing Gentiles, that are going to the synagogues in these cities, he then also has a bridge from there out to the other Gentiles in the city as well. So once again, they go to the synagogue first, okay? It says, and so spoke that a great multitude, both of the Jews and of the Greeks, believed. We don't even have a number. All we know is that it's a great multitude. For you math majors, that's a lot. I don't know how many. It's a lot, right? A lot of people, Paul and Barnabas are there, they're preaching the message of Jesus, and a bunch of people, a lot of people, a great multitude, believe. But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brethren. So the Jews who did not believe, they, for whatever reason, decided to go to the Gentiles and poison the well. They, these guys are bad guys. You know, they go to Comic-Con, they're weird, whatever they said, right? They're, they're saying, we don't like these guys, you shouldn't listen to what they say, and they're poisoning these people against Barnabas and Paul. So let's see what happens. Therefore, they stayed there a long time. It's an interesting thing it says. Because they stirred all these people up against them, they decided to stay for a long time, which is kind of a weird thing to do, but that's what they did, right? Speaking boldly in the Lord, who was bearing witness to the word of his grace, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. So they said, okay, people are getting angry. People are getting out of sorts. People are stirring people up against us, but we're going to stay. Why? What do we read first? A great multitude believed. You can't just say, hey, Jesus is the way. They're like, I'm in. And you're like, okay, figure out the rest on your own, right? They had to stay. 
They had to stay. They had to teach. This is the Great Commission. Seeing people come to know Jesus, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that he commanded. That's what they're doing. They're living out the Great Commission. They stay there even though people are angry with them because they got to do that. And in doing so, in their faithfulness, God is granting these miracles to be done. Right? The Holy Spirit is, is in his power, as we've seen over and over and over in this book, is doing miracles to verify the message that Paul and Barnabas are preaching about Jesus Christ. Now what happens? It says, but the multitude of the city was divided. Part sided with the Jews, part with the apostles. So we have a divided city. One part is saying, yes, Jesus is the Christ, rose from the dead. He's the Messiah. We're going to follow him. The other side parts with the Jews who are saying, Paul and Barnabas are bad guys, and we don't believe in this Jesus divided. I know that we in our society don't have very many divisions, you know, politically or anything like that, but so you just have to try to imagine what it's like to have people divided. But basically, you, you had a contentious, contentious situation. It says, and when a violent attempt was made by both the Gentiles and Jews with their rulers to abuse and stone them, they became aware of it and fled to Lystra and Derby, cities of Laconia, and to the surrounding region, and they were preaching the gospel there. So, the Gentiles and the Jews, the people on the, this side of the divide that weren't with the apostles, they weren't just angry and wanted to have a debate. They were picking up rocks, right? And they got violent, angry. They wanted to kill these guys. They wanted to abuse them. They wanted to stone them. You know, that's to throw rocks at them, which hurts. I don't know if you ever played like with dirt clods as a kid and you're like, Psh, you know, take one in the side of the head. It's probably what happened to me. But and then sometimes there's a rock inside it. That's the really, or a snowball like that. Um, don't do that, kids. Uh, in any case, these guys wanted to kill them. And so they heard about it. And so they did what reasonable people do when you find out that a bunch of people want to kill you. They said, no, eh, we're going to go over here, right? And so they went not far. They didn't run far away. They're still in the region. They go to these other cities. We'll talk about that later. But they go to these other places, continuing to preach the gospel. They're, not, they're undeterred in bringing the message, but they're also smart enough not to just let themselves get killed in this situation. They weren't called to that. So what's going on here? What, 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 are we, what do we have going on? Paul and Barnabas are doing their thing, right? And what is their thing? They preach the message of Jesus Christ. And a bunch of people believe. This is what happens consistently, right, as we see. Why? Why do we believe things? Why do these people believe? you got to put yourself here, okay? What made these people, who had not believed in Jesus at all, suddenly believe in him? It's a kind of big deal, okay? Um, We've all watched infomercials, right? Or most of us have watched infomercials. And we're sitting there and we're watching the infomercial. It's probably late at night. You can't get to sleep or whatever. And you're like, oh, this is so dumb, this infomercial. I'm going to laugh at it. And then, you know, a few minutes later, you're like, I don't know. I don't have any knives that can cut through a shoe. And <laughs> what if I need to cut through a shoe? Honey, we got to call these people, right? And so, you, you, you know, at some, at some point... You start to get convinced, right? The sales pitch starts to work. It's late at night. But what's at stake there? 
1999. But wait, there's more, right? Nothing. A few dollars, right? A few dollars. We may be convinced that knives can cut through a penny and then a tomato and whatever, right? Because we watch some infomercial on TV. But what makes people believe that a man became God, died on a cross, and rose again? A man was God and became man. I'm sorry. God became man, died on the cross, and rose again. Got to get my theology right. I'm going to get in trouble. Um, what makes you believe something like that? What could possibly make you believe? You have to understand that this is one of the reasons why I, we showed the map, like I said earlier. This, these are real people in a real place like you and me. Okay? You have to put that in your mind. These are people. They're in a synagogue or they're in the street or whatever, and they're talking about Jesus. These are normal people. Normal people. Okay? This is not the land of Mordor. And, you know, I mean, Tolkien has maps and stuff, too, um, in his thing. But they're not real. These are real. Luke's talking about real places, real people, real time, so that you understand. These are real people who did not believe in Jesus and come to believe in Jesus. Not just come to believe in him come to give their whole lives to him and follow Jesus. Now, again, what is going to make huge numbers of people do that? It's sort of like if I had come to you and said, I'm trying to, you know, miles-wise, if I came to you and said, okay, there's this guy in Fresno, okay, that's about 700 miles probably, Fresno, California, if any of you know where that is, who, you know, would hang out with a lot of fishermen. And really, he was God, and he died, and he rose again. And his name was whatever, right? You would not believe me. You shouldn't, right? Because people don't die and rise again as a normal sort of thing, right? And so, was it that the people, we know that a multitude believed, and there were Jews who, who did not believe. Did those who did not believe not believe because they were better at science? And knew that people didn't really rise from the dead. And all these other people were just dumb. I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, Paul had witnessed the risen Lord Jesus. And had a great multitude of witnesses. Hundreds who had seen G Jesus alive after he had been killed. And there were thousands who had seen Jesus do all kinds of miracles and hear him say and claim to be God. Why were these people convinced? Here's the deal. It was convincing. It was believable. It wasn't like me telling you there's some guy in Fresno. It was much more believable than that. You do not get a multitude of people believing something like that unless it was convincing, believable, okay? Um, and, and here's the thing, because there are people who will believe and give their lives to things that are false, right? There are people who are sold out to ideas that are false. But there's a difference here. Remember that Christianity rises and falls on a historically verifiable fact. Jesus either rose from the dead or he did not. Because if he did not, we are really wasting our time right now. We could have slept in this morning. Because there's, there's nothing to talk about if Jesus didn't rise from the dead. That's the first thing to remember. It, it, Christianity, unlike some other religions where it's like, follow the guru and do this and that. It's not like that. It's like, hey, either this guy was God and rose from the dead or he didn't. And for these people, this was a fact that they could verify for themselves or show to be untrue. They could go, they could interview the witnesses, which of course meant he did. 
right? You could do that. You could decide for yourself. That's why it's important to understand. Now we believe on faith based on a great cloud of witnesses over 2,000 years, and we've seen the power of God at work over and over and over and over again, even such to be bringing you to this room today, and that's the basis of our belief, but that was not for them. For them, it was a real historical fact that they could verify by talking to eyewitnesses, okay? And that's where they are. But we had a bunch of people who did not believe. So let's ask the same question about them because they were there too, and they weren't convinced. So why do we not believe? Um, I would say this. It was probably not because they listened to the evidence about Jesus' resurrection and his miracles, and his claims to be God, and rejected that. There was probably something else, and here's why I think that. Because I look at the behavior after not believing, and I see something different than normal not believing. For instance, if I tell you guys that I believe there's a fat guy who lives in the North Pole, named is Santa Claus, and he brings gifts to all the children of the world, right? And he really exists. And you choose not to believe that, you're, it's probably not going to make you that angry, right? You might be like, Pastor David's an idiot, right? And, and, you know, fair enough, right? But what would you do about it? What would you do about it? Nothing. You wouldn't be upset. Who cares? It's not a threat to you that I believe in Santa Claus, which I don't, just in case you're going to tweet something. I do not believe in Santa Claus, okay? But what you do not do is go outside and find rocks and try to stone me because you aren't convinced that Santa Claus is real. But these people did get violent. There were two sides, those who sided with the apostles and those who didn't. And one of them got violent about it. Now, that is not a normal reaction to not believing, right? Why is the gospel so dangerous? Why is it so dangerous? Why do these people who don't believe not just pass it off, but rather get violent about it? Why does that happen? Think about it. They're sitting here and they're going, I just, I can't believe these people are going with this new idea where they're supposed to love their neighbor and do good to people and give to the poor and whatever. This is horrible. Let's stone them. That doesn't make any sense, right? That doesn't make any sense. These people are not acting normally, okay? There were people at that time, by the way, FYI, that were following all kinds of weird and crazy religions. All kinds of stuff. I mean, wild, crazy stuff. Some of which was actually dangerous. We'd be like, yeah, we probably should stone those people. That's pretty rough over there. But they weren't doing that. They were coexisting, right? You've seen the bumper sticker. That's what they were doing. They were, they were living with all of these people. But all of a sudden, somebody comes and, and preaches the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, and there's violence is the reaction. Violence. So, if Paul and Barnabas were just simply convincing people that liver actually tasted good. You know, people were believing that. People aren't going to get violent over that. If they convinced people that they should worship the planet Xenon, they wouldn't have been upset. There were people worshiping all kinds of stuff like that. But for some reason, there's something different about Jesus. Why are they afraid of Jesus? Why are people so afraid of Jesus? I hope you'll join us next time and find out. I'd also like to invite you to come hear Pastor David in person at Axe Church. We're real easy to find in Vancouver, Washington, 
and you can get directions and all the info you need at actschurchnw.org or call 360-885-9000. Hope to meet you this Sunday. Well, that wraps up our time for today. Thanks for listening, and be sure to check out the next episode for more great Bible teaching here on Contemplate.